0: Bobo Network is the bomb The cutting edge of geekdom Comics, advice, D&D Movies, video games, RPGs Finding it's easy, just stay calm
1: episode of The Tome Show is brought to you by Noble Knight, where Out of Print is available again, and listeners like you, thanks for using The Tome's Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links.
2: Hey, this is Stephen Raddy McFarlane, one of the biggest nerds in the world, and you're listening to The Tome.
0: Welcome to The Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interviews show, and I'm your Tome host, Jeff Greiner.
1: And I'm Tracy Hurley. And in this episode, number 247, we're falling in love with Chris and Sharon Dudley as we use this February recording to talk about dealing with relationships and your D&D game.
0: Chris and Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about who Chris Dudley and Sharon Dudley are.
2: Uh, You go first, Sharon. Ladies first.
3: Aw, you're so sweet, honey. (laughs) Well, Chris is a wonderful gaming husband. And GM, I I have to say he's the best GM I ever played with, and that's why I married him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pretty serious to be honest. He's that good.
2: Well, I was kind of hoping you could introduce yourself, Sharon.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought. Maybe <laughs> Although this is
2: cute too. So <laughs> I thought
3: you'd introduce me, and I'd introduce you. Um, I am a kindergarten teacher, and I really love gaming, and my teacher friends think that I'm really weird for gaming. They, they're like, what do you do in those basements with cats? And I'm like, no, there, there are no cats and there's no chains and there's no chainmail bikinis. And I keep trying to explain it. But uh, uh, I, I think some of my friends now get that it's just books and role-playing and dice. So I think they feel that I'm less weird now that they've known me for a while.
2: And Sharon is I also hope. my co-host, my occasional co-host on the Rule 0 podcast. And she is also my semi-permanent co-host on our new podcast called Dragon Reel, which is about fantasy movies.
3: I and thought you were going to say I was your semi semi partner in life and exactly. I was be like and Wait she's your co-host
0: in life
2: as, yeah. as well as that as well.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah.
2: In this uh, podcast
0: so, we call existence. Yes, life is a podcast. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think, I think Pete called himself your sidekick, and I was like, I thought I was your sidekick.
0: <laughs> oh, and you, and yeah. people may recognize, uh, at least you, Chris, I think, from uh, appearances on the roundtable, right?
2: Oh uh, Yes, I was part of the uh, Tarask takedown and the Tiamat takedown. Yeah. That was pretty cool.
3: Wait a minute, I thought uh, you failed at that.
2: We oh. failed at both of them. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm sorry. But it was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty fun TPK both times. Wow. Does, does it still hurt? Oh, I, I, I can, I can still feel the, the, the burning flames of the Tiamat uh, fight. Aww. Although I was the last one standing.
3: There you go.
0: Well, Were second, you? second Aww. to last.
2: We're not counting Tiamat.
3: Oh, I'm sorry, you lost. <laughs> it's like when mom asks you, you know, did you win at D and D? Well, there's not. No, mom, really we lost. A winning or losing exactly? Well, I guess there
1: is a losing if you die. Yeah. Sounds like they lost, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. We, we pretty much lost that one.
1: <laughs> Before we get into it, don't forget about our sponsor, Noble Knight. Our pick for this episode is Cards Against Humanity, because nothing says love like playing the most vile adult game ever invented with your partner. Hello!
2: Hello, citizens! Oh, thank goodness! Adventurers! We need a Noble Knight! Perhaps you can slay the beast of retail and reap the promises of riches. Riches?! Yes! Great prices, out-of-print games, the latest releases, and a magic box that converts all of your old loot into cash or new loot. But why? Fantastic! I'll do it! Yes, well, you see, the beast he kidnapped, the mayor, and can only be slain by the most noble of knights. Yes, yes,
0: yes. I said I'll do it! Yes, the thing is, I was talking to her. What?!
1: Fear not, kind citizen. The Noble Knight will save the day, rescue the Lord in distress, and liberate all that loot Anyway, only possible at Noble Knight. If you'd like to get your hands on Noble Knight's loot, head over to thetomeshow.com and click on the link in the show notes for this episode.
0: And don't forget to tell them that the Tome Show sent you. Ha, I got to do something to help out. All right, so we are back, and it is time to get into it a little bit. First of all, uh, and although we've gotten some hints of this already from... Um, Chris and Sharon. I'd like everybody to sort of go around and describe your gamer slash relationship situation. Uh, So let's start with Chris this time, since he let Sharon go first last time. (laughs) Uh,
2: My, my gaming relationship is that I've been a gamer since I was about 11. And when I met Sharon in college, uh, we started gaming together. Then, uh, well, we were friends. Then we started gaming together and then we became uh, involved together. And so we've been gaming before we were involved together. So our gaming relationship is 25 years of gaming together.
3: Very yes, good. that is, that is true. Yes. Sharon. Yes.
2: Uh, what's well, your gamer relationship with the situation?
3: <laughs> <looking>? <laughs> well, I think. Oh, and we're
2: married. Sorry. Did yes, I mention yeah, that? Yeah, We're married.
3: Yes. Yeah, we're married. Um, we, we weren't married in college. Um, I think I started gaming 27 years ago, and um, I just I fell in love with gaming. So you thought I was going to say you, Chris, but not really. <laughs> I fell in love with gaming, and uh, it's very weird that um, one of my first boyfriends in college uh, was a GM, and uh, he was a really great GM. And it actually wasn't Chris. I have to say, Chris is a better GM, though. Right, right. I have to say that, Chris. Right. <laughs> you you don't have to, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> I'll be in big trouble. I mean, you know, good in different ways, but um, but then uh, I just, I just, I really realized during college that I really wanted to marry a gamer because I think that I, I would feel like my life was. Uh, sort of incomplete if i if I didn't, because I love gaming that much, and I did a lot of it um in college, and I knew that i I wanted to continue gaming and i I just really couldn't even imagine um, uh, not being in a romantic relationship with another person that gamed. just for me, you mm-hmm. know i I know it's fine for other people not to, but I just thought it would be a lot easier. <laughs>
0: On. Tracy.
1: Okay. Tell us about uh, your
0: gamer relationship situation.
1: Um, so while I didn't roll dice until about six years ago, I had always been around computer and video games and I met Fred in college and he played then, and I would often hang out. And then when we after we got married and like moved to Boston, I helped uh, him find a gaming group and everything and eventually that's the gaming group I joined. Ah
3: very good that's a nice story so
0: so we have one couple who met through gaming um one couple who who otherwise had had various interests and one of them one of you brought the other one i guess into gaming right is that fair to say that fred brought you into gaming
1: Uh, i don't know if that's (laughs) i just more that being around it i finally got comfortable with the people and felt okay with trying
0: but but um, but it's safe to say that you probably wouldn't have gotten to that point had you not been with Fred. Probably, yeah. Okay, uh, and then there's me. I I am the person who represents the the gamer who married the non-gamer. Um, I met my I've been gaming since I was eight. Wow. Um, and, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I met my wife in college, and she was the non-gamer. Now, she's an engineer and was a female tuba player in the, in the college marching band. So she has her geeky side too. Um, but it just didn't happen to be gaming. Um, and then I guess we dated through, throughout college um, and eventually got married. There was that one moment. Um, I, I think it lasted for about a week in college when she wanted to come and play in my weekly game. Uh, and see what this whole gaming thing was all about that I went and did every Sunday afternoon, and I was really hesitant because, like, that was my my time, and I didn't know how bringing, uh, you know, somebody I'm in a relationship with into the game would affect it. Uh, and so I hesitated, and then she changed her mind, and I've kind of been kicking myself ever since,
3: right? Oh <laughs> Because
0: I had a chance to have oh. to to get her into gaming, and I didn't, you know. And you were
2: you were running that game, Jeff?
0: Um, I don't know if I was running it at the time. I had another DM, and he and I switched off and on um, through those college years.
2: But
3: she did not sit down at the table. But she did not
0: sit down at the table. Oh, no.
3: oh gosh.
0: So wow. I I messed that one up because I hesitated. It might have been. It might have been. But in any case, uh, so now I am, uh, you know, I'm, I I, I, got to count, Uh, 11, 12 years married, Um, going on 12 years of married uh, to a non-gamer, although a a woman who's supportive of my gaming hobbies, obviously, because she not only lets me game regularly, but, um, you know, lets me produce a podcast about gaming and that takes up considerable time as well. Quite a so, lot
2: of podcasting. You're, you're pretty prolific out there.
0: Well, I used to be and now um, James is pretty prolific out there and so he
1: keeps the, the podcast prolific.
0: Right. <laughs> so, you,
1: you may be doing a little schoolwork right now?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting a doctorate right now so that's taking up a, a little bit of my time a as well. Little oh, yeah, that, time. That a little bit of time. It's time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so let's get into this conversation about relationships and gaming and and all of this good stuff. Um, So let's talk about gaming games in general and and talk about characters to start off with. Uh, Is there a place for love in the, in your game, right? And you're sitting around the D and D table and you're playing with your buddies or whatever. Is there a place to bring in a love type of storyline into, into your game thoughts?
3: Well, I, I think so. And um, it's funny because um, our daughter's fiance is running a uh, pirate game for us, and Chris and I are playing. It, it, we 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 like each other, but it's kind of like a moonlighting type thing. If you guys remember the show, that he's playing the shark character, and um, and I'm playing uh, an Undine character and uh, a bard, and like, we really like each other, but everything we say is like, oh, why did you do that? And like, really snarky. And um, so, I mean, Chris, what do you think of that relationship? We I, drive and awesome crazy. It's-
2: yeah, we do. It's it's kind of fun because it's not related to the story that's going on in the in the campaign at all. But it's sort of this interplay between Sharon and I. And this is kind of the first time we've really done a character, a pair of characters that were romantically interested in each other. And we're sort of playing it like we're denying that we're interested yeah, we're in each other, it. but we're pretty clearly interested in each other.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you exactly. You say that, you like say that kind of
0: thing hasn't happened uh, with the two of you in the past at
3: the table. No, I
0: would. Yeah, well, I,
2: Normally yeah, I'm never. running the game. Yeah, so normally if if Sharon and I are in a game together, usually I'm running it. So it's very rare that we're on the same side of the table.
3: Yeah, it, we're, we're we're usually not playing characters that could um have a romantic relationship. Um we've we've played like um brother and sister. I think we've played friends. Oh, well we did when we went to the con, Chris. Uh, when when I played the, the hot ninja and you oh, yeah. played yeah. the the young college student.
2: Yeah. I think I think that's uh, also one, there was a, there was another convention time. game where I played Malcolm Reynolds and she played Inara.
3: Oh yeah, and I dumped water on or your beer onto your lap because you yes. were in a strip club.
2: So, short answer: yeah. Yes, we think there's a place for romance. <laughs>
3: yes, <laughs> because, so I guess kind of you know, the opposite of yeah, romance. Yeah, more than like, more
2: than I was actually thinking of before we started this recording because I was thinking yeah. of just the one relationship. But now I go back and I went, wait a minute, there was also that, and now there was also that. Yeah.
3: So, so we like, I guess we like to make pe- other people at the table laugh. So we're we're not doing like the the kissy stuff. We're kind of doing sort of the <laughs> trials and tribulations. That go along in relationships, the, 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 the funny stuff, like mm-hmm. dumping beer on somebody's lap. I think but, I got a chip for that, too.
2: Yeah. At the same time, I don't think that I've ever portrayed a romantic relationship with a different player character.
0: Hmm. Have, you, have you done it with when you're because you, you say you normally GM. Has, has there been a relationship situation between one of Sharon's characters and an NPC?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, I think there was. So that's
0: uh, sort of a relationship between you and her at the table, right? Yeah,
2: that that's true. That's a technicality, I guess, yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> uh, back when we were in England, right? It was... Yeah,
2: uh, Tracell and, uh, and the... the prince. The prince, yeah.
3: Yeah, but we didn't... I don't think Chris took up a lot of time with it. You know, it was sort of like she looked at him and went, wow, I've been looking for a prince. And he looked at her and said, I've been looking for a psionicist. And, oh.
2: You know, it's (laughs) that classic tale of prince meets psionicist. Right. (laughs) How many times have we heard that? (laughs) That
3: one. You know, it was a a meet cute, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. but Alicia and Dawson, our daughter and her fiancé, um, frequently have relationships between their characters. And when I'm running the game, I, I, it's another thing that also doesn't interfere with my story that, you know, that I'm letting the other characters interact with. But it's a side story that they've got going on, and other people are, are, are privy to it, are, are witness to it.
0: Does, does it ever feel like it becomes cliché? That the, these two people at the table, no matter what the campaign, are all, always somehow end up in a relationship together.
2: Only after the third time. <laughs>
3: so, so yes. <laughs>
0: um,
2: yeah.
3: Well, I think it's because they're they're getting married very mm-hmm. soon. So, i I would hope to think that Chris and I didn't drive people crazy, and I don't think we did. <sighs>
0: Tracy, what about you? Is there a place for for love in at the game table?
1: Uh, for me, uh, yeah, definitely. Most of my, a lot of my storylines, because usually I end up running, so most of my storylines do end up having love in them. And when I wrote Sickness in Springdale, I did pre gen characters, and there was like a whole um, love triangle thing in there that if they, if people wanted to play it up, they could. Uh, and then there's a lot, a lot of the people I end up playing with tend to be like double entendres and a bunch of stuff. So it's all in there. Um.
3: Oh, and on Halloween, I think I killed my boyfriend who was Chris.
1: Mm. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. We played a dread it, game. And a she dread game.
3: Him. Um, with a, with a wonderful GM, uh, from here in Colombia, And, uh, I didn't uh, even know I was the killer. I didn't. I didn't know it until the end of the game. People kept dying, and uh, apparently, I was doing it.
2: Yeah. Also, I, it, um, I just remembered that Sharon is also playing a character who is who seems to be starting a romantic relationship with an NPC in a game that Mike Shea is running for us. Okay. So so there's a.
0: So I guess my my follow up question then. Uh, so what if I'm at the table with people who are. Playing up a relationship, uh, who are actually in a relationship, and it is sucking too much attention out of the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What, how do I handle that?
3: I think just to be honest, and and if it was us, I mean, we would be. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Is that is that bugging you? Like we'll stop it. Um, so once in a while, when we're playing our love hate relationship in the pirate game, Dawson will say. Okay, guys. Um, and back to the you know, story. So I think one time like we really almost came to blows and he's like, you know, and cut. <laughs> but, so um he's like, you know, do you, are you guys enjoying yourselves? And we're like, heck yes. And he checked with everybody else. So I think it really depends on if everybody at the table is having fun. And I think that Chris and I are Pretty experienced role players. That if we saw that somebody was, you know, upset or aggravated, we would stop it.
0: So I guess you think? I guess a good piece of advice would be if you're somebody playing a a relationship at the table, um, try to be very aware of how other people are are handling it. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you can yeah, make yeah. adjustments as necessary.
3: Yes, uh, I, I think also you put that very well.
2: If I were running a game and two people were interacting in a relationship in a romantic relationship and it became evident to me that other people were not enjoying it I would take them aside. I mean, and if it, if it became evident to me that one of the people involved was not interested in pursuing this relationship and the other player was, I would also take the player the pursuing player aside and say, "You got to dial it back." Mm.
0: Yeah. So we, we but both tables here um the dudley table and the and tracy's table um have talked about how love at your table is is a theme that comes up right it it is a thing that that has occurred um what if there is a relationship between players who are not in a relationship away from the table does that add things to uh, dynamics to the to the table or is that okay too
3: Explain to us what you're saying.
0: So, like, <laughs> let's say, uh, Sharon's your character uh, has a storyline wherein you're getting into a relationship with somebody who is not being played by Chris.
3: Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, that's really funny. Okay, now I know what you mean. Um, this just happened in a game that we played with Mike Shea. At the very end of the game, um, a female character said, I like you. And I said, I like you, too. And she said, no. Now, this was also, how old is she, Chris, 13? 13. Okay, so she was 13, and she <laughs> said, I like you, like you. What do you say to my character? And I said, now, my character was Dragonborn. So I said, let me just think about it for 50 years, and I'll let you know. Because I I loved I, I love this role player, and... I just wasn't sure about my character's feelings. So that's why I said, you know, let's, let's see what develops from this. And I also, I didn't know exactly what to say because her father was sitting right there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what do I say? I don't want to be inappropriate <laughs> and I'm a teacher and she's 13. Is this okay? Is her father going to get mad at me? So like a thousand thoughts ran through my head, mm-hmm. but, um, but I really admired her role-playing spirit and really getting into the character, um, I, I just thought that was very cool.
0: And at the same time, you handled it largely by avoiding it. It sounds like,
3: because <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. Absolutely. <laughs> so you know, um, but,
0: but but that that actually highlights exactly why I wanted to have this conversation. Is because yeah. I because I, I think it can be awkward, right? And it can be weird. And I want people to sort of think about how they can handle that.
1: Mm.
3: I I think it was because of the age of the character, mm-hmm. and if it was if it was somebody over eighteen asking me, um, and if and I didn't know how her father would have felt, and then I asked him, and he said, "Oh, you know, it's role playing. You could have said whatever you wanted," and you know, then I realized, oh, okay, it would have been all right, but I didn't, you know, not to talk about politics, but I didn't know where, you know how he felt about the issue of a girl liking another girl mm-hmm. so that's why i just wanted to be safe with mm-hmm. what i said yeah
0: that's right. any uh anybody else have thoughts on the idea of um player or, or pc relationships uh that don't necessarily aren't congruent with out of uh, away from the table relationships
2: Go ahead, Tracy. I, you, you'd mentioned earlier that you have these romantic side plot options in all of your campaigns. So I'm interested to, to hear how that well, plays out.
1: There haven't been as many people who necessarily have decided to take them up. Because like, there is a lot of like not being sure how to handle them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like uh, a lot of my friends who LARP... That comes up way more often mm-hmm. uh, and they have like tools to help with it and like a whole vocabulary with like, I think it's bleed is like the one feelings start going from in game, like um, to potentially out of game mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so uh, yeah, I haven't had any real experience with like characters being uh, in love with each other.
0: Yeah, you know, I, and I guess um, many of my questions um, come from the experience of um, in my college days, and I talked about this before, right? Because I played every Sunday um, when I was in college, and my wife was uh, my now wife, then girlfriend um, uh, wasn't there or whatever. And there but two of the people that played in that group regularly were husband and wife, and you know it was it always happened that they ended up regardless of the campaign or whatever, they always sort of ended up together or whatever. And at one Mm. point when I DM'd, there was a relationship, um, a budding relationship between a, an NPC and her character. And then Mm -hmm. when she realized it, it got like weird. And so I just had to drop the whole storyline or whatever. So I was just kind of curious how Mm -hmm. other people, um, how other people, you know, saw those sorts of things.
1: Actually, I was just thinking about it. Um, so when I played my first character, um, I did have this like cr- my character did have the crush on the GMPC because uh she got badly hurt and he had good hands cuz he was a paladin. So mm-hmm. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> So I made yeah. jokes about that and that yeah. went went pretty well and it wasn't Fred's character and he was fine with it. Yeah. Okay. I think Chris and I would be fine with that too.
3: I mean, in fact, I think um I'm I'm trying to remember um I'm just trying to think,, um, Chris, has there ever been a situation where um somebody has liked my character, and I know you would not have a problem with it at all because it's just role playing it's right right
2: right I'm right. just checking. <laughs>
3: Okay. Yeah. No, I'm uh, just. No, you no, you I'm seem seriously. to be
0: overly emphatic in your in your agreement here.
2: Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um. No. For for the most part, I would not have a problem with another character liking her character. Um. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it though.
3: I'm t- I'm really trying to remember. Yeah. I I this- was
2: in a convention champions game where the c- player sitting next to me uh who I'd sat at with a couple other tables so we were a little bit familiar with each other um her name was Vicky um and she was about our daughter's age her character was supposed to have a crush on my character my character was supposed to be oblivious so we had a little fun playing that up yeah and like it, you know in the it was a champions game so a lot of things got thrown around a room and uh you know lots of gonzo things happened And, uh, you know, she said, you saved me. And I said, of course I did. You're my teammate.
3: (laughs) 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 I was there a little romance in uh, we were playing a superhero game, Chris. And was I kind of fancying a character that shot arrows? I'm trying to remember somebody Uh, that was sitting across the table.
2: Oh, you know, I don't remember
3: this one. Was it at a convention? Yeah, it was like, at a convention. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't recall it. I'm sorry.
3: Yeah. I was just, you know, I was just wondering. It's interesting that and, you bring up
0: stories, though, from conventions, too, because that's, that's a, a kind of a different animal in a few different ways, right? Because on one hand, you have the safety of you, you, a lot of those people you're seeing one time and you'll never see them again. Right. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there's also the... I don't know these people. How far can I push things? You know, right, um, right, dynamic as well. So it's interesting how many of your stories are coming from convention play, too.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, we go to the convention we go to together is Origins, and that's about one fifth of the size of Gen Con. Mm -hmm. So we go year after year and we end up at the table with the same people,
0: right on. So you kind of know who you can, you
3: know, oh, oh, Marianne and Gilligan. Remember in the Cthulhu game?
2: <laughs> right. I, I, I played was...
3: Marianne and he and I kept making him pies and I because you know how Marianne has a crush on Gilligan. It was Gilligan's Island Cthulhu. Did I say that already? Yes. And nope.
2: uh, uh, yeah, but that's that's it.
3: And I was I was <laughs> going a little crazy and I kept making pies like coconut banana um cherry cream pies. And Gilligan was just really oh who is the guy that played Gilligan? But I love him. Rich. Rich. Rich, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Chris didn't mind it at all. And it was Funny. a lot of fun. And Chris was playing Ginger. It was, was. crazy fun. Crazy
2: so Ginger fun. decided, so yeah, so I guess I did play relationships at that table because Ginger decided that as the most oh virile man God. on the island, she had to have the professor be her, her king, yes. or be her be her um, consort, and mm-hmm. she was going to be queen. Mm-hmm. And then when the professor got killed, she turned to Gilligan as the next most virile man on the island, and he was going to be her consort, and she yeah, was but, still going to be queen.
3: But then she actually raped one of the lizard men.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. game got ooky. Yeah. yeah but ironic. you,
3: Chris turned the tables. He said, yeah. what this game needs is more ginger.
2: <laughs> it yeah. was It started fun. to get weird, so I said, okay, it's going to go over the top, so it's not ooky. It, it goes back to ridiculous.
0: It was a lot of fun. It is remarkable the number of gaming stories the two of you can can not only um, tell, but 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 recall. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, that, that it's because
3: we're we're truly. Messed up people. No.
2: um, um, Well, that's what happens in 25 years of sitting at the same gaming table. In fact, when Sharon and I were friends for a little bit before we started gaming together for maybe six months. No, 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 not not that long. We we
3: were like brother and sister, Chris. Right, for about six months. Yeah. No, for like four years. Okay. We remember. (laughs) I remember it well.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, before we started gaming together, we knew each other for about six months.
3: Oh, I thought you meant sleeping together. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Am I not supposed to say that on a podcast? This is a
1: clean podcast, dear. Oh,
3: okay. Okay. So yes, gaming together. We probably knew each other six months before, because it took years before we were romantic together.
2: Okay. Completely forgotten my point now.
3: Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry.
2: Oh, right. My point was before I started gaming with Sharon in college, I had had a sort of dry spell for gaming where I hadn't sat at a table with other people for about three years. Mm. So I kind of restarted gaming with Sharon when Sharon started gaming, you know, in the first place. So we've been we haven't been not gaming together for our entire adult lives.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Yes. So so in other words, yeah.
2: So all of our gaming stories are about each other more or less. Yeah.
3: That is that is well, he's played in some games that I just, you know, uh haven't felt like doing like the, the I don't really go into like the mech warriors and stuff like that. Mm. I don't know if I mean those aren't really role playing games, but uh um when I was starting my doctorate I think you did a few games. And when mm-hmm. I did my national board certification, I think that you did a few games without me because I had to work mm-hmm. on teacher stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm always doing teacher stuff.
0: <laughs> I understand that.
3: Yeah. I know you do. Yeah. A- anybody that's a teacher understands yeah. that. Yeah. Gaming relieves tension, right?
0: Uh hopefully. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Especially when I can let somebody else uh GM for a while.
3: Yes. So. Yes.
0: Uh so we we've kind of been been around uh all over the place a little bit here, but what about when somebody at the table develops a relationship? You know, you guys went through that, right? Um, because you were gaming together before you before you were romantically involved. Um, how does that affect what happened to the game table? Or does it?
2: Mm. I saw her go through three other boyfriends before we got involved. And, you know, this most of them were at the game.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so she was dating the dungeon master. Yes. In our first game.
3: Yes, that is that is true.
2: And she's That's still true. dating the dungeon master. Wait yeah, a minute. It's, <laughs> but it's a different one, you know. But now uh, it's me.
3: You know, I I think it's just a matter of of anything. You have to have, um, you know, good good social skills. Um, I I think I think that I've become a much better role player and if if any of the guys that i role played with in college listen to this i mean they'll be like yeah she was horrible in college i don't know i was just starting out so um i had an idea for my character and i was more into role playing than the technical aspects of the game Mm -hmm. and after playing for 27 years i think um i or 25 i don't even know i i forgot how old I was. But um I think I've really learned the technical aspects and the rules and even though we I've I started with advanced dungeons and dragons, I mean I've gone through second edition and 2.5 and every edition thereafter and Pathfinder and you know I've played mage and uh gosh, Chris help me out, vampire and um
2: you're doing fine.
3: Yeah. So I mean I think that I can pick up a character sheet now and just go and, and now it's difficult to think of okay, what haven't I played and and what relationship have we not done with each other other mm-hmm. as a couple you know, and mm-hmm. we try to we try to do that um in Mike's current game, I'm playing a barbarian because I've never played a barbarian, so I guess I'm always looking for those uh unusual special kind of characters. In relationships, question? yeah. What was the question? I
0: got <laughs> <lost>. <laughs> we we started off talking about uh, how you handle it when somebody at the table uh, or when people at the table are in a relationship. But
1: well, I have a kind <laughs> of a question that goes along with that because I know when I was I went from playing to DMing pretty quickly, and Fred's in my game. So, and I knew that there was this thing in the community about how like dating the DM usually meant that you got all the bonus stuff. So I made a big effort to make sure I wasn't favoriting Fred, which probably meant at times that I was not harder getting... on him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. I kind of went through that too with Sharon.
3: Yeah. I I sometimes felt that Chris was harder on me than the other characters, but um you know, I, I knew why and yeah, I knew why. So it was understandable.
2: I think I I probably cranked it up when a player in another campaign, uh, who the, was the wife of the DM, uh, said she had a ring of dungeon master control and pointed at her wedding ring.
1: Oh my. And then don't, and how did you handle (laughs) names. I
2: I said, okay, I will make sure that I'm not, uh, showing any favoritism toward Sharon because I mean, everybody in the game knew that we were married, So, I mean, if I had, you know, if I, if, you know, magical treasures were, you know, just falling out of the sky in her lap, it would be pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even we did talk about her characters and what her characters wanted. And, you know, because we spoke more often than any other player and I, the things that she said her character were, was look, characters were looking for ended up, you know, in places that she would find them.
3: Now, now, wait a minute. You should explain this it It doesn't necessarily mean stuff it it I think what you're talking about is like adventures, you know, like background story
0: mm-hmm. so but I think that's important to to discuss as well because uh as as somebody who might be sitting at that table, um it might start to feel to me like like your character is getting more spotlight time than the others because you have that advantage and and it's not. Um, you know, a slight against you for having that advantage of talking to each other, so he knows what what you want out of the game better. Um, but, but how does that affect the other people at the table, and how do you how do you handle that?
3: Well, I think that Chris, you know, Chris being an excellent GM, he would ask people to write to him, uh, you know, text him, or um, write him an email. And it's funny because we have a friend. Can I say that where he is now? No. Okay. Well, we <laughs> we have a friend that's not in the country right now, but he's a super, oh, my God, wonderful role player. And I wish that when I grow up I can be like this person. And he's also a writer. Um, and uh, he actually um, wrote some of the background material um, or, or – kind of put in some of the background material for Chris's world because he was just so good at it. Chris, do you want to add more to that?
2: Um yeah, off the topic of relationships, but I I you know I did allow people to tell me about my world so that their character could fit into it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I don't think it was showing favoritism towards Sharon by letting her stories appear more in that campaign. Um, I think everybody had their say in that campaign and that campaign was one of my more successful ones.
3: Yeah, that's that's For, why I told the story was because uh-huh. I think that how you can maybe combat the fact – oh, I just said combat in a <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I'm sorry. I didn't do that purposely. But <laughs> um, uh, just allowing everyone to have a voice uh, because I think early on in our marriage, we went to some people's houses and um, we didn't like to be blocked out of the, the – um, special relationships mm-hmm. and the, 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 you know, everybody wants to be the hero and that's, that's why we play, right? I mean, who, who plays Dungeons and Dragons and doesn't want to save the day. So I think that it's really important, whoever the uh, dungeon master is to sort of allow everybody to shine at one time or another. And uh, I think Chris does a really exceptional job with that. And, um, um and I think he tries to kind of rotate it that if one night it's it's um James then another night it's Alicia or another night it's Dawson or another night it's Dave or you know um would you say that's fair sweetheart mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> So it sounds like you you you've gone out of your way to avoid that that sense of you know while you may have a better idea of what it is that she wants with her character and are better able to deliver that you still make it a point to go out of your way to to seek those opportunities with from other players as well.
2: Yeah, I think it's important if, you know, if your significant other is on the other side of the screen, you you need to show every, you know, you need to show the rest of their of your players that they're important also.
3: Mm-hmm. I think you're right,
1: little muffin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. so so I have another one, kind of similar. Uh, I know this happened recently in one of Jared's games. The couple was together, and then broke up, and they lost their cleric. Oh. And you already mentioned there being like, uh, uh three boyfriends before. So how did how does that work? Because I haven't had that in my game yet. Because we don't have many couples other than Fred and me. So
2: you mean when a couple splits up, who gets the gaming group? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> mm. wow well when when i um when 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 our gaming group broke up it was funny because we moved out of the country so that was a pretty uh helpful um situation
2: i i don't think we've had a couples meltdown at our table so i mean i i really don't i can't imagine how i would well, handle that
3: It's possible with our daughter, but we said we'd keep Dawson.
2: Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I mean, we let Dawson into our game because our daughter asked him, you know, Mm -hmm. begged me to let him into the game. And Mm -hmm. now that he's been in in the game for so long, you know, if they break up, I'm going to have a hard time kicking her out.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It will be hard. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. I got to do what I got to do. You guys know we're kidding, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but you know, but it it would be a problem. And I think that I mean we love Dawson, you know, as as a son now. So I think I I could see that it would be um it would be it would be problematic. Um but I'm well, I want them to, they're getting married in May. So I hope they stay <laughs> together forever and and they um they're best friends. So I would hope that they would always want a game together. Mm-hmm. That's that's my wish for them.
2: Yeah, it's really Gosh, awkward. I you hope know, so. we were, we were at another table where there was a couple that that was that was bickering a lot and that was
3: <gasps> I forgot about them. <laughs> oh my yeah. god.
2: But that was um that was awkward for everybody and I yeah. couldn't really do anything about it cuz it wasn't my game.
3: Right. They did divorce actually.
2: Yeah, but yeah, not at the table.
3: No, not at the table. But they were fighting, so I guess what I tried to do was make peace um, between their characters, and mm. it it took a lot of role playing skill. Um, it still didn't work out, but. Um,
2: so Tracy, you had a couple break yeah, up at your table, or no, 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 split no was, up uh, While they were gaming with you.
1: No, no, it was uh, with uh, in one of Jared's groups. Um, oh. Okay.
2: <sighs> what would you do? I mean, that's that's a tough one. What would you? Do? I don't.
1: I don't know what they did. I. Uh, all I know is he was very sad that they lost their cleric because <laughs> yeah. it was – I ball. mean, I, and I
0: hear those stories on occasion. You know, it's a couple started dating and then they broke up. And then ultimately uh, it sounds like for most people the situation is um, either the breakup is amicable enough that they can keep gaming together or one of them has to quit the group, you know?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. What else can you do, right? Yeah.
2: yeah I guess it, it really is unrealistic for there to be hostility at the at the – well, I guess – Never mind. I've seen hostility gaming mm-hmm. tables for twenty five years.
3: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, we've it's come and gone. We we've yeah. seen it and uh, and uh, yeah.
2: But so that's is,
0: not. It, is that a reason to um, to be concerned when c- a couple at your table starts dating? That you know, ultimately, most relation you know most dating relationships don't end in, in being married and and happily gaming together for for twenty five years. Um, so is that, a, you know, if, if uh, two people at my game table start dating, should I be concerned about that and how that's going to affect my game?
2: Uh, first of all, I like the fact that you said relationships end with getting married. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's
3: so
0: uh,
2: Second of all, yeah. I think when they're just starting, it is really, really fragile. And yeah. you need to be prepared to lose one of them.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah. And or really, both of them. what can you do? jeff i mean you i mean <laughs> I, I mean i guess you can be concerned about it but people are gonna do what people are gonna do mm. and we can't you know we can't stop them From you know if people are making eyes at each other can you you can't say stop that you must not we, you must not look at each other at this game
1: we, we need people. gaming hr yeah yeah, yeah. that's
2: true <laughs>
3: What
0: so? What if it? What if it's not at the table? What if somebody from my from my table ends up in a relationship and that, with somebody who's not a gamer, uh, Gosh, and, I, and that interferes with with my game because now suddenly they can't show up like they
2: used to or whatever. Now, now that I've seen,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. so what do you do? I I guess there's nothing you can do because, um it it, it I, I think it just is what it is and ultimately it's the person's choice i mean if somebody wants to give up gaming for someone else then i mean you well, wish them luck and-
2: yeah i mean that's what you should do i mean i think if i were a good game master or dungeon master i would do my best to sabotage the relationship quickly
1: christopher's Stop it.
2: Stop. No, okay. No, I would. No, I would I would be prepared. You have to let go, you know?
1: Roll Jeff. a D20. twenty. Twenty, right. you get to keep the relationship. Everything you else. You gotta you go. come back to the table. Yeah.
3: Jeff, I really thought you were gonna say, what if it's not on the table? What if it's on the couch? And that's what <laughs> I was like, really? Is he going there? But um
0: I was not. Yeah.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> sure
1: it is. I know. Um,
3: I always go there.
1: I also I also feel like just being so I, I come across this a lot um, with other people who aren't part of my game, but just talking online, particularly about women, because um, a lot of times, because so many gamers tend to be guys, or at least the ones that are talking online, it's about girlfriends and wives taking them away from games. And I feel like being supportive without like being down on their relationship is a good call. Mm-hmm. And like say they could come back later. So I
3: agree with that. What if
0: what if I'm the gamer in that relationship? How do I navigate those waters? How do I introduce my partner to the fact that I'm a gamer
2: and and what that means? Oh, you know what, Jeff? Can I backstep one one second? I I suppose I did lose a gamer to a relationship and I did exactly what Tracy said. I I sent her an email, said, you know, we're going to miss you. The door's open if you want to come back. And did they? Uh, she has not been back.
3: Who was? I don't remember.
2: Uh, you weren't playing at that point. In fact, oh. you were brought in to replace her.
3: I was. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was in the Legacy of Fire game. But I'm oh. sorry. Uh, now.
3: Okay.
0: So what if I'm the what if I'm the person and I've you know started dating somebody and um, and date night always seems to be the same night as as game night and so I keep missing session after session after session. Uh how do I handle that? How do I introduce my my new uh partner that I'm a gamer and and what that entails and what have you? What if I I don't want to give up the gaming, but I also want to be in this relationship. How do I handle that?
3: Honesty, I think. Yeah. Just just telling the person your feelings and, you know, you could say, "Hey, snuggle bunny, you know, I love you more than anything, but I have this interest, you see." And I want you to see what it's like so you don't think I'm weird.
2: I think think they should be told before you're in a position to say you love them more than anything.
3: Oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, that's true.
2: Uh, I've actually seen this question come up on um, the EN World discussion boards and the uh, Paizo discussion boards. And my opinion is that early on, if this is, you know, if your date night falls on game night, you should suggest going to the game together and, you know, see if it's something that he or she is interested in and say, hey, this is something that I do. This is a part of my life. This is a part of my interests. I would like to involve you in it. It would I, it would be really awesome if you were interested too.
3: And I, I agree with Chris. And, and see, I, I think that's where just where i said at the beginning when when we started podcasting was that i just decided that gaming was so important to me that i i had to marry a gamer because they would understand so i didn't let myself fall in love with a non gamer so if it would have happened i don't know what i would have done
1: hmm.
3: isn't that crazy but um well, and ultimately
0: I, i've seen, i've so i've seen it play out a couple of ways in in my life right uh-huh. Uh, for, for example, myself, right? I, I married yes. a, a non-gamer, but it was also very clear to to my now wife um, that I was a gamer and that it was and um, important to me in my life because yes. she saw me disappear every single Sunday afternoon. Now, yes. it was it worked out okay um, because ultimately you know, Sunday at, at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock is not ever going to be date night when we were in college. That was, you know, and she just took that as an opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to be left alone for a few hours. I can do my homework, you know, and, and right. cause she's an engineer, so she had a lot of homework to do. Sure. Um, and so that, you know, that worked out okay. Uh, but I was also, you know, very upfront, you know, this is something I do and this is how much time we take. I mean, we were playing six, seven hour sessions, Right. Um, you know, all, all Sunday afternoon, every single week. Um, you know but I, but i it was just abundantly clear to her that this is something that 's going to happen it 's in the same way that you know no matter how poor I was in college, I always managed to find enough money for for comics every every comic <laughs> new comic book day right right um, yeah. and so sort of you know she so she understood that from the beginning I, on the other hand, I also have a player at my table who uh got married uh, a year or so ago now um and when that relationship started and when they got married um he started missing a lot, an awful lot of sessions, and, and we basically had to handle it the same way. I, he wanted to be at the table, but his wife oh. didn't quite understand, and um, their courtship wasn't particularly long, so there wasn't a lot of opportunity to sort of establish that that routine, um, but so, but we also handled it the same way. You know, hey, we're going to keep inviting you um, when yes. you can come, great. When you can't, we understand. Uh, and it, and it was he wasn't showing up at all for a long time, and then he was showing up on occasion for a while, uh, and and now he's showing up more often than not, and, and he's become a regular player again as, as she sort of under come to understand um, that he enjoys doing this hobby, and it's not a horrible thing to um, have some alone time every now and then when you're married.
1: Yes. It's so. actually really important even like before you're married just like still keeping your own identity and and everything is is hugely important. Yeah. And it helps
0: to have um to have that discussion as well. So like um about how the gaming is going to happen and how it's going to interact with with your life, right? Um when yeah. I so after college and and we got married um shortly after graduation um I we then moved, right, because we finished college and we went out and got jobs and, and ended up in, in a different um, state and whatever. Um, and so I didn't have a gaming group anymore, and I didn't have a gaming group for several years uh, after that. And then I decided I wanted to start one up again, and I found some people that were interested in playing and whatever. And so we sort of had to have sit down and have that conversation. Hey, I'm starting a new gaming group. Um, this is what what we want to do. Uh, how often are you comfortable with us, you know, taking time away from, from, you know, our life together for me to go off and do this gaming thing? And we just sort of, you know, had to have that conversation. Well, is it going to be weekly? Is it going to be every other week? Is it going to be monthly? How are we going to negotiate that in, in, in a way that, that she felt like I was still there as her husband? Um, but, you know, I could still get in this, this hobby that I enjoy, so.
3: Right. Well, and and. Honesty again is the key. Mm-hmm. So, I think as long as people are really sincere and upfront, then hopefully it'll work out the way it's supposed to be.
2: Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and I have one more question, um, or like one more thought to, to bring up that's kind. Kind of sort of related, because one of the things I feel like as we're talking about all of our advice for for how to handle things at the table is like we're talking about a lot of very basic relationship advice. But I find that I use that same sort of thing to handle the people in my group, even if we're not doing anything romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just wondering if that was also something you guys thought.
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, and I never got into this because I was asking all the questions at the beginning. But uh, at my table, there's almost no ra- romance that happens at my table and i think a lot of that comes to down to the fact that right now my gaming group happens to be a group of all guys ah. um and so there's not a lot of comfort level with having a relationship at the table cuz nobody wants to role play with me that they're falling in love so
3: right Aww. right oh
2: yeah
3: <laughs> uh i get i guess that uh i i think that maybe the reason why there are some relationships in our games is because it's sort of split there's like an equal number or, or sort of an equal number of girls versus guys at our gaming tables mm-hmm. um yeah in most of the the games and uh i don't know maybe it's because of our ages now but we're also playing with people a well sometimes our age um but we're also playing with other married couples
0: and would your you, daughter, you,
3: yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we we see we we game about three or four times a week. Some some weeks, Oh so we do a lot of gaming. And wow. uh, would you yeah, say so, that's fair, Chris? See, that's
0: not something you get to do when you marry a non-gamer, in my right, experience.
3: Right, 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 right. Um, but you know it costs less than other things so we just bought a house so we don't have a lot of extra money Mm -hmm. to spend because we bought this wonderful house and we have a gaming room downstairs so we want to game in that gaming room Mm -hmm. and have gaming parties and um and that could be a whole nother podcast gaming parties we had a thanks gaming party that was fabulous that was chris's idea thanks gaming absolutely yeah yeah. I
2: can't have another gaming party until I can think of a good portmanteau. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's a, a, a necessary uh, requirement, right?
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, you did think of deck the halls for. I did, but it didn't Christmas really pan out. So. Oh, I liked that one. That yeah. we could do it next year, maybe. You know, yeah. We have to think of a cool name for New Year's gaming.
2: We have a long time <laughs> to think about.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think. I, yeah.
0: Anyway, Tracy, did we address your question at all, or did I just completely de- derail it and we went a different? No, way? No, no, it's
3: okay. <laughs> so, so Tracy, was your question, uh, what do you well, do it... with other relationships at
1: the table? Just that? Um, no, no, I, it's it's like um. So we we're talking about like open and honest communication, and like that's yes. great within uh, romantic relationships. But I also find I give the same advice to just like pretty much any issue that comes up at the table yes so I, I feel a lot like um and and there's a lot of like listening to your partner but in this case your partner happens to be the other player at the table and and then things like that so i've always found relationship advice really useful as dm advice yes. or even just having huh. to be a good player at the game
3: i i do have an example of that um it's funny because i was very scared in this situation Um, Dawson Alicia's fiance was GMing and I actually had to say stop for a minute and I was shaking as I said this because this is my daughter's fiance and I was afraid he was going to get mad at me and I said stop I said my character we were in an uh, I can't say the word an arena and he was telling us to fight other characters and I said but my character won't do that and Um, I just, I felt with the alignment of the character that I, I wouldn't fight. And I said, why don't you, you know, just take my character sheet because I can't, I can't do that. And it was really hard for me to say it. It was an
2: in-game situation that threatened an out-of-game relationship.
3: Yeah. And, but I was honest and even though I was very shaky when I said, I, I think that, you're you're pushing a little too hard and he said okay does everybody feel that way and pretty much the whole table said yeah and then he said okay well this is what happens and then he kind of rectified the situation
1: mm-hmm.
3: does this make any sense what i'm saying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so it it was hard to be honest but i think that you know you you have to be true to yourself and you have to be true to your friends and um and uh, although it was very hard for me, because I'm sort of a people pleaser, so it was difficult for me to say, wait a minute, I, I, my character just wouldn't do this. And I want my daughter's <laughs> fiancé to like me. So it was challenging. But we mm-hmm. got through it, and he's still marrying my daughter, so I guess I did okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. This, this happened months
3: out. and months ago. Yeah, it all worked out.
2: Does that address the question any better? Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Tra- but I- Tracy's also a people pleaser, so uh, the answer could be no, but she'll still say yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
2: <laughs> now I had an observation that when I play with Sharon, I do play a little bit different than when I play without Sharon. Oh yeah. Uh, because I'm in an, a couple games uh, from time to time that Sharon either doesn't have time or interest in, and um, in those games. There tend to be more or less um, less interpersonal relationships, and at least for my characters, and and so when Sharon is at the table with me, I feel that she elevates my role playing ability. Hmm. Oh,
3: just wait till this podcast is over; you're going to get a reward for that one. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just no, but I feel the same way about Chris, um, even when I'm doing. Um, you know, um, speaking. And, um, you know, teacher workshops in front of Chris. I I feel like I have to push myself more because I admire him so much. So I want him to be proud of me. And after every gaming session, I'll say, you know, did I did I do okay? And he's like, oh, my God, you blew them away. And like you were really into it. And um, he does think I pick stupid names, though. I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) Like he he thinks I pick ridiculous names for my. A lot of
2: a lot of Sharon's names start with a shuh sound. Hmm. There's a theme. There. <sighs> yeah, and they, it got it got a little f- silly that I was able to predict her uh, character, race, class, and starting syllable. Okay, one. well, I like
3: I like elves. Okay, I have to admit it. I like I like playing elves. <laughs> and but I've I've lately in the last couple of years I've really tried very hard. To branch out. Like I've played Dragonborn and I've played Halfling. So I've, I've tried very hard to break away from the elves. But I just – I don't know why I can't really see myself playing a dwarf. So maybe I should just to have that yeah, experience. That's the exact reason to do it,
0: right? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the only race I've never played now, is a dwarf.
0: Would your – would your dwarf presuming that she is female uh mm-hmm. be bearded or not
3: i have no idea mm. i i don't know I, I and would she have a shun name i i don't think so. i think <laughs> i think the reason i pick shun names is because and i don't always like uh-huh. even when i pick other names like uh tersal or 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 mistis or uh what is the other one uh Shesh. Sinai- <laughs> okay, that was for Star Wars, but you know, just because she was a cat person. Doesn't that kind of go for a cat person? Shesh. I okay they're laughing at me. So <laughs>
0: I'm,
2: No, they're not I'm laughing enjoy, at you. They're enjo- laughing at I'm your name. I'm
0: enjoying all of these conversations.
3: I can't Okay, this is the truth. I can't remember names. It's hard enough for me to remember 28 kindergarten names. So <laughs> when I'm playing like you know seven different games a month, I just want to try to remember my character's name and believe it or not I've named characters after the kids in my classroom mm. because I I just can't hold more names in my head. So sometimes that's why I pick Sha names because my name starts, you know, with Sha Sharon. And so I'm like, okay, I know this character is something like Sharon. Okay. Shanira, Shania. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> so
0: Yeah, I always okay. try to have a rule on my table that that everybody has to at least have a character that starts with a different letter so that, you know, I can remember who's who. Wow.
3: Okay. <laughs> so I'll I'll try that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Tracy any other questions or anybody have any any other thoughts they want to share we're we're sitting a little bit over an hour now so um i think we've we've hit people with all kinds of great matchmaking advice
3: it. all right no no other last thoughts anybody wants to share well last thoughts since we have the relationship podcast maybe someday you guys could do one of what once the couple has children what do you mm. do because that sometimes can change um the role playing experience. That is, and, that
0: is a, yeah. I mean you I, know, I I can I can speak to that as well because yeah. um you know that that's where I will point out marrying a non-gamer is useful cuz you don't have to worry about finding babysitters.
3: Yeah, I could ah, see that. Clever. Yeah. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: My wife Part is of your gonna- plan. Although we end we're now at a point where we play at my house so the kids are just around they you know my right. eldest, my eldest is is uh 8 or 9 now and so he likes to you know come around at the table and just sort of watch what we're doing wow
2: yeah.
3: and i think we we said uh, before we started the pad- podcast that, yeah, we, teach, taught, uh, sorry, we taught our daughter how to eviscerate monsters and how to defenestrate people. And I think she was the first person in her sixth grade class that knew the word uh, defenestrate. And eviscerate. So, yeah, and eviscerate. Her first,
2: her first yeah. role-playing game experience was uh, she was playing like, one of the White Wolf superhero games, and her character had claws, and she teleported behind somebody and eviscerated them. And from that moment on, she was hooked.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's how you turn your children into gamers. I'm a
0: little disappointed that like none of neither of my children's uh, first word was was crit, you know, or something like that. And yeah, so.
3: yeah, yeah. Just give them a twenty. We we gave our friends who just had a baby, um, sort of a foam um, twenty a, sided yeah, die. Twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stuffed D twenty because I
0: yeah. when I had my second child, I think it was. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the podcast, and then went to Gen Con that year. And I remember um, a, a listener um, sending me messages on Twitter: "Hey, you got to find me. I'm up in Sagamore running. You know, because that's when all the D and D stuff was in Sagamore Ballroom. I'm, I'm up in Sagamore running something right now. You got to you got to swing by and, and just say hi or whatever." And so I swung by and said hi. He said, "Oh yeah, here, I got this. You you just had a had a baby, and so here's a tube of plush uh, dice. And it was you know one, one of each kind of dice, and then you know a big tube." So I came home and my kids had, you know, giant plush dice to Aww, play with. it's so. pretty awesome. Yeah. It was
3: yeah. awesome. That's sweet. I like that. Well, if your T- oldest old, Home show eight.
0: listeners are the best. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's call this episode done. <laughs> yes. I want to thank our guests, Chris and Sharon, for joining us.
2: Where thank can people you. find you guys? Uh, you can go over to rulezeropodcast.com or dragonreel.com, which is our new podcast about fantasy films. And Or... Could.
3: Or my, um, my blog, Teaching with Sight, that's for teachers, and I put a lot of, well, that's that's more of a, I mean, it's a teaching blog, mm-hmm. um, but I started to make games on Teachers Pay Teachers for young children. I made superhero char- characters for every letter of the alphabet. And I had my um, daughter's fiance who does um, computer graphics draw them. I'm sorry, that was a very long plug, but what, they're What's really the address cute. again? Um, well, my blog is Teaching with Sight because I'm blind, right. so do you and get it? And that's a blogspot, blogspot.com. Yeah. Yes, thank you, honey. And um, Teachers Pay Teachers is just Sharon Dudley.
2: Very good very good
0: i also want to thank our sponsor noble knight games as well as all of you guys out there who visit our uh, website thetomeshow.com and click through to our amazon and DD classics affiliate links all of those things help us you know pay the bills and do what we do what we do and I, got, I gave myself all the scripting stuff tonight didn't I Tracy yeah <laughs> uh, and if you want to get a hold of us you can email us at thetomeshow at gmail.com I get those emails and then distribute as necessary to others and, and respond I think to pretty much everything I get uh, or you can always call us at 919 tome. that's 919-B-I-Z-T-O-M-E uh, those calls we sometimes use on the show although I don't necessarily respond to them because they're phone numbers and I don't want to be creepy and call people um, if you want to find other great Tome Show shows, like the Roundtable that Mr. Dudley over here once appeared on, twice appeared on, uh, you can find those and uh, the show notes for this episode over at thetomeshow.com.
1: And that is episode 247, where we played your D&D matchmaker in this episode of... I'm on the walk.